everyone. I'm Lori Casto. And I'm Randall Casto. And you're listening to the Created to Soar podcast brought to you by Wedgwood Estates in Mansfield, the area's premier senior residential community. Well, today we're going to do another podcast I'm kind of excited about. It's called No Wine. And no Wine? No Wine. <laughs> and so... Is it complaining? No. <laughs> well, that could be part of it too, I suppose. But uh, it's actually from John 2, 2 through 11. Can you read that for us? Sure. And this is out of the King James. And the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said unto her, woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother said unto the servants, whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. And there were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of purifying the Jews, containing two or three firkins apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said unto them, draw out now and bear unto the governor of the feast. And they bear it. When the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and knew not whence it was, but the servants withdrew the water knew, the governor of the feast called the bridegroom. And said unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse. But you have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and manifested forth his glory, and his disciples believed on him. So that was his first miracle. Yeah, and I, I, I the other day, I, literally just two days ago, I was reading this, and, and excitement was welling up within me as I'm reading this scripture reading this scripture and it just brought my imagination to life and I'm I'm just I'm just seeing this in my mind's eye and you gotta remember a lot of this is is due in the imagination, not in the scripture, but I just see this great wedding. It's absolutely huge. It had to be big. Yeah, it, it was like really big. Mary's there, Jesus' mom, of course, and then Jesus and his disciple, eh, disciples, and everything's perfect. There's beautiful flowers, there's great caterers, a lovely ceremony. Everything is flowing perfectly when all of a sudden the bride is panicking. I can just see it because it's always the bride. She's panicking. And all of a sudden, there's no wine. Mary hears. She says, Jesus. That would be a big embarrassment. Oh, it would be huge. And Mary's like overhears. And she immediately, she's telling her son, Jesus, the miracle worker, take care of the situation, Jesus. And what does Jesus say? What have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. Yeah. Well, he's like, what does this have to do with me? I, I, this isn't my wedding. <laughs> and, and then Mary in all authority as a mother and as having Jesus as her father, as her, as the savior of the world, she says to the servants, do what he says. She points to Jesus. She's telling Jesus to handle the situation. And then she goes to the servants and she says, do what he says. And the, with, the exciting thing is, is they do. They go ahead and do what Jesus said. So they completely obeyed what Jesus said to do. And they didn't even know him. Yeah, they didn't even know him. You, you had to think it was the prompting of the Holy Spirit on Mary to, Absolutely. to, to, to be bold like that. Absolutely. And, you know, I find this now that you bring that up. I feel like this is the perfect display of the Trinity at work. You've got God the Father prompting the Holy Spirit to prompt Mary to talk to Jesus, the son 
about this situation and what needs to happen, turning the water into wine. And I just think that's such a beautiful display of the trilogy at work here. And, and, you know, you think about Mary and how she just had such boldness. She's just, she was just so bold to just say, servants, you know, do what he says. Oh, exactly. And that, to run out of, I mean, I just, I, I'm going back to this because it's going to play later because I believe this miracle caused two later miracles to take place. And because of the the size of this wedding, I mean, when everyone's called and there's so many people there that they actually run out of wine and then these water pots, that was like, I've, I've heard it calculated. Um, it was like 160 gallons. Wow. Um, <laughs> that, that they filled with water to, to, to. It just there were a lot of people there. It was a, it was a it was a huge thing and, and, and well known. Right, and 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 that brings me up to my marketing mind. <laughs> I've got this marketing mind in public relations, and I'm thinking, what a great thing for the Father God to use this huge event with all these people to to have water turned into wine by Jesus, His Son, and a. To get the to get the miracle working started, and for all the words, could you imagine these servants and the story they're telling everybody? And you tell two friends, and you tell three friends, and so oh, on and so word on. Got around, yeah, fast. Yeah, this doesn't that doesn't stay quiet. You want a huge <laughs> marketing scheme right there? <laughs> you want to learn how to market? Go to God the Father, and He'll show you. <laughs> yes, and you know one time one day I was reading in Second Corinthians, and uh, and it was in in chapter four. And when you realize when we're born again, the treasure of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit comes to dwell within us. You know, he says, I will come to you and, and, and make my abode with you. And uh, and when a man's in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. And when we, when we read in chapter four of Second Corinthians, it says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, meaning our body are earthen vessels, but we have a treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. And that's what happens in the new birth. And I got to thinking about that one day and I thought this very first miracle that Jesus did was prophetic of what his ministry was because he came to earth so that, you know, so that he could die on the cross for our sins and be and raised and then and come to dwell in us. And when he put that wine was a treasure in those earthen vessels, it's no different than the new birth, that treasure of God dwelling in our earthen vessels, our bodies. Oh, right. So it was just prophetic of his whole ministry. Yeah. And it's just amazing how it all got carried out because you think of these servants and you think of the fact that they did exactly what Jesus told them to do, fill all of these pots with water. But then I think the bigger thing, then Jesus then tells them to take that water, well, what what was they filled up with water over to the master of the feast. And if I were those servants, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> you Let's want- get our story straight <laughs> yeah. when it comes out water. And he- <laughs> because you're, Jesus, you're, I don't know you. And you're over here telling me to take this, which we just filled up with water, to the master of the feast. And if it were me, I'd be a little bit like, eh, I don't know. I think that's where it ends there. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. And so Jesus tells these servants to go ahead and take it to the master of the feast. He takes it to the master of the feast. And the master who doesn't know that they've filled it with water is like, goes to the groom and he's like, hey, usually 
we wait till everybody's had all the wine and then we give the worst of the wine, you know, the lesser price, the less quality, but you've taken the better wine and you've given it to us now. And I just like, wow, you know, because if it weren't for the prompting of the Holy Spirit, the, well, the Father God prompting the Holy Spirit then to talk to Mary and Mary feeling confident. Because Jesus had never done a miracle before. It says it was his first miracle. So for her to think that he could fix this when he's never done it, you know that's the Holy Spirit's prompting in her life. Right. And she had holy boldness. She <laughs> yes. wasn't just like, she didn't shrink back. She didn't like, oh, do you think maybe you could just try to think about doing this? It wasn't like that at all. She's like telling them, you do what he says. That's how much I believe in this man, Jesus. I fully believe that he can produce water and make it wine. And she didn't doubt and she didn't like... And, and the servants, I think, I think also one thing about the servants is they didn't bargain. They didn't say, well, could we do it this way? Do you think maybe we could do it later? Could we put it off? Do you, you know, give me alternative ways that we could do this to make it right? They didn't do any of that. They told, Jesus told them what to do. They did exactly what he said to do. And, and there was no you know, if that, if, but nothing. And I think that is such a key component here to the water turning into wine. And I just think these servants are such superstars in this. And I think Mary is just so amazing to, to know she knew, she knew who she was with. She knew she was with the son of God, the miracle worker. Can you imagine being Mary and having your son? be Jesus. I can't think of a better way to introduce the miracle worker to the world than to turn water into wine at a huge wedding feast. Right. And he can not only turn water into wine, but he can also turn it into the best wine that could be found. And I just think of this obedience of, of us and what it takes for Jesus to produce a miracle. The confidence and the boldness that Mary had, the obedience of Mary the the obedience of the servants and the fact that they believed that they believed yes and and to me it's just it's just awesome yes and uh are you you want me to move oh, on go ahead okay. yeah and when i said this when i said earlier what i believe led into two other miracles we see and that was in john what chapter 2 and now we see in john chapter 4 not very much later it says in verse 46, so Jesus came again in the Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. So now he's come back. He's come back to the exact Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, except you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. The nobleman said unto him, Sir, come down, or my child will die. Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, and thy son lives. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken, and went his way. And when he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son lives. Then he inquired of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said to him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed in his whole house. This is again the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. 
amazing story. Oh, yeah. And I think this speaks to our times today because when we need Jesus, this nobleman wanted the physical presence of Jesus at his home to help his son live. That's what we need today. We would love to have Jesus physically here to handle all of our, you know, take care of any any problem that, that we would have if someone's sick or someone's dying. We would like to have Jesus physically here, but that's not the case. We have him by, we have his word. And that's what this, that's what Jesus had the nobleman um, have to believe. He just said, go your way and your son lives. And the man believed. Now, there's a, a number of other things. And the man believed. Yeah, and the man believed and just went. And he that, believed. It's just, that's the thing. He, he believed. And that's what we're called to do today. Just take the word and believe it. And then be a doer of it. And he went his way, just like he did exactly what Jesus told him to do. And, but, but see, that's the thing. They all, in all these stories, and it's not their stories. The, these happen. But they all do exactly what Jesus told him to do. Right. And the, this, is, this is another little uh, thing that, that kind of shed some light on it. It says, this is the second miracle. So that means there was only one miracle before that. And we read that. That was the water and the wine. But it says, when this nobleman, and, and when you look in the translations of that nobleman, that is like a ruler. This guy is not some slouchy guy. This, this is a high up man. He is a ruler um, of some sort, court, a courtier or a ruler. Um, he, he's, he's a very well-known man. And it says, when he heard that Jesus came, and, and, and our, our, our pastor did a sermon on this. I think he said it was about 20, 22 miles. This man, for his son, walked and traveled 20 miles to see Jesus and to, uh, to fight for his son. But he did it because he heard of Jesus. Now, what could he have possibly heard? Why would he, he heard of Jesus that had come? Well, he had to have known him because of the wedding. That's the that's the first miracle. I mean, there's no other thing to go on but that first miracle. Well, that's what I'm saying. And this nobleman was probably there. He's a very high up person. That was a very significant wedding that it appeared that many were called, even Jesus and his family. It was a marketing genius thing. <laughs> <laughs> so not only, and that's all, that's only what the, the nobleman had to go on was changing the water into wine. And he, he hears that Jesus is back in that area. He goes, I'm going to go find him because I need my son healed. And Jesus did not, you know, he tested him as, as the word tests us today. Um, first, he says, well, if you don't see signs and wonders, you're not going to believe. Well, he ended up believing because when Jesus said, go your way, your son lives. And the man believed and he went his way. So he did exactly what Jesus said. And he find and, and, and of course, a miracle takes place. And it says it's the second miracle. And it's just interesting that that first miracle, the word got out, just like we right. were saying, that with yeah. the water and the wine, the word had to have gotten out. This nobleman, this ruler, um, very well-known person, he was either there or he would have he would have heard of it. He had to have heard him because he said he heard Jesus was back. Why would you travel 20 miles if you didn't just to meet some stranger? Um, he knew that, that Jesus had miracle working power, and uh, that's why... <clears throat> He, he did such a travel. He, he, that's why he traveled to see him. Now, the the second one, and if you read these together, um, 
because it happened in the same area. If, if, if you look, it says his son was sick at Capernaum. So this, this nobleman, this ruler was from Capernaum, you know, 20 miles from mm-hmm. Cana where the water yeah. was turned to wine. When we look into Matthew 8, and this is sometime later, um, we see another story. Matthew 8, it says, when Jesus entered into Capernaum, so now he's, he, now he's back to where, the, where that ruler lived and where that, and where that son was raised up you know, um, in Capernaum. So Jesus entered into Capernaum, and there came unto him a centurion beseeching him. And that's a, that is a Roman, that's a leader of men. He leads a hundred men into battle. He's not a slouch either. He's going to be well known. Um, they're very tough and very proud people. And, uh, and, and, and this centurion came to Jesus beseeching him and saying, Lord, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, now this is different than he told the other man. He told, he, he didn't want to leave. He just said, go your way. Your, your servant, your, your, your child will live. Now here, Jesus says, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled, and said to them that followed, Verily, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Well, and it, it says, he goes, go, go your way of you as you have believed, so be it done to you. So he went on his way on Jesus' word. But Jesus says, th- this is the greatest faith. And it was from a Roman. Well, and think about the word authority again. There's that word authority. Yes. He understood that Jesus had an authority over him that caused Jesus to be able to, to say, you go, you come, just like he could say, you know, he had Rome. He had he had the Roman Empire. That centurion can't manhandle a hundred men. They, they would overpower him. But what? He was under authority, and it was under authority of Rome, so that all he had to do was speak. And that was like Rome speaking. That's right. And isn't that exciting that he yes. understood that authority? He did. And that's, and that's why Jesus said, I have found, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. You would think the covenant people, the Jews would, they would have that kind of faith, but he found it in a Roman. He found this faith in a Roman, but I have to think this. If we, if, if we recall back to the nobleman, all Jesus used was his word. He goes, go your way. Your son lives. And, and he believed him and he did it. I have to think because this, this centurion lives in the same town with that nobleman, that ruler. And don't tell me that once that ruler got back, that that story did not get out. He just healed him with his word. He just spoke. He just said, your son lives. He didn't have to come here. He set me on my way. Now my, and this is a very well-known nobleman. You know, that word got out. So now when Jesus is back and the centurion is very, very humble and says, I don't, you, you can't come to my house. I'm not worthy of it. Just speak the word only. See, faith comes by hearing, as we know in Romans 10. And I believe that this centurion, I mean, he, he was a well-known person in Capernaum. He would have had to be. He would absolutely know that nobleman, that ruler, whose son. And I just have to think that he, that, uh, he just took from that. Uh, Jesus has to just say it. He doesn't have to come. He just says it. That, that's how the nobleman's son was healed. And uh, 
That's how my servant will be healed. Just speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. It just really tells us how much we should all as Christians keep a good testimony and to always tell what God's doing in our lives, you know, and, and, and just have that great testimony of the Lord in our lives. You don't know who you're going to affect and how they can draw upon those testimonies and bolster someone else's faith that needs the Lord. Well, and, and just having that authority in our own life and realizing the authority that we have as Christians and then that having that obedience. And then there was one other, um, one other miracle to me, you know, just, just thinking of this, it's, it's in Luke five, four through six. And I believe this is early on because I think that at the feast, there were five disciples. I don't know that for certain, but that's what I'm thinking. There were five disciples. And so when I'm looking at the scripture in Luke five, four through six, it says, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out your deep, put out into the deep and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say, I will let down the net. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish, they, their nets began to break. And Simon Peter... And their ship started to sink. Yeah. And Simon Peter, <laughs> he made it look so easy. Jesus told him to do something, so we did. He and the other soon-to-be disciples right there didn't argue uh, give reasons why they couldn't or hesitate until later. Simon simply said, because you say, I will let down the nets. And even though they had, had toiled all night, they were exhausted. They still obeyed. Even though they were certainly, they were tired, they still obeyed. Even though they doubted, because they, they could have doubted what yeah. Jesus was saying, but they still obey. Yeah, I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired, guy. I'm going to go to bed. And, and they didn't do it partially <laughs> their way. They did exactly what Jesus said to do. And I can just imagine the naysayers because you do have to imagine there were naysayers and they're thinking, this is just a waste of time. Why don't you just quit for the night? You're exhausted and you need to rest. After all, uh, why should they bother to go into deeper water and let down the nets after such a long, exhausting night? And you know, you think about it. And in our own lives, we're tired, we're exhausted. We've done and done and done. We've toiled all night. And we don't want to mess around with it anymore. And all of a sudden, Jesus gives us some, some instructions. Right. And the Bible is God speaking to me. Yes. And so good. So it, good. It's, it's just like that nobleman. He wanted Jesus to be physically there because he didn't know at that time, but he, he learned later. And that's what we would like to have Jesus physically here. That would be, that would be wonderful. But we have his word. He, we have his word. And the Bible is God speaking to us. Yeah, and I just, I just have to think, um, just think if we could all believe, and, and I'm going back again to the no wine scripture, John 2, 2 through 11, and if we could all believe and then use our authority as Mary did, and Mary did use her authority, and, and that gave, gave me such excitement within my own self. They obeyed. They looked for miracle moments. We look for miracle moments. How many more miracles we could see all around us? And then the really exciting part is verse 11 of, of um, Luke 5, where we were discussing, I think it's, or, or John, I'm sorry, John 2, 2 through 11, verse 11, this beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory. Yeah. It manifested his glory. And wouldn't it be great if we could all use that authority, obey Look for miracle moments, all for the sole purpose of manifesting the glory of God. 
And it's just, it's just, it wells up excitement and joy within me because I think of that authority that he's given us and that right. we have. <laughs> yeah, when he and said all powers happy. given to me in heaven and earth, go. <laughs> so oh, you go, you, you know, in the Great Commission, right. you go in my name. I mean, we're under his authority. And it's just interesting that you bring that up <laughs> because I was thinking that word authority and I was thinking in my own life how God has spoken to me about certain things. And then, you know, just this morning as I'm going over and over this again in John 2, 2 through 11, and then I see here in Matthew twenty-eight eighteen, which you just brought up, all authority, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So therefore go, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that's just not for you and me. It's for all of us. And I can use that authority given to me through our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's right. And so that's it. We just wanted to talk about no wine today. And it just makes me excited thinking about it. Thank you for listening to the Created to Soar podcast brought to you by Wedgwood Estates in Mansfield, the area's premier senior residential community. We're located at 600 South Trumbull Road in Mansfield. For more information, go to WedgwoodSeniorLiving.com or call us at 419-756-7400. 